Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. The greatest of all blessings. Hallelujah. There cannot be blessing that is not triune. Every blessing is triune. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So he says that, may the Lord bless you and keep you, God the Father. May he lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious unto you, God the Son. And may he cause his face to shine on you and give you peace, God the Spirit. And he says that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, God the the Son, the, the, the love of God, um, God the Father, and, then, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is always engaged when it comes to the plan of God for humanity. All right, now, and then I went on to talk about how Jacob, Jacob, the prophetic blessing, he got so saturated, so constituted, so rearranged, the, the trickster, the liar. When he started talking, he was, he was tricking people and lying. But when he was dying, he's, he was so matured and he's filled with God so much that his talking was blessing. And his blessing was not just, I bless you, I bless you. But his blessing was prophetic in nature. His blessing was defining the destinies of not just people, but the destiny of a nation. And his blessing was not just defining the destiny of a people or a person and then people and then a nation, but his destiny was defining, his blessing was defining the destiny of entire humanity. One man spoke and the rest of the Bible is filled with the fulfillment of his speaking. How can that happen to a man who when he started speaking, he was, he was, he was trying to trick people. When he started speaking, he was lying. He said, I am your son. This man was taken through a transformative program by God, which is putting all of us through. When you become born again, the first thing God starts doing with you is to start putting you on a transformational program or transformative program to transform you. He said, we all with an unveiled faces, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, are being transformed. Say transform. So transformation is something internal. It happens inter- internally. Something is changing. The, your response to God, your attitude to God, your heart condition is being changed from, from glory to glory. It gets to a time where you become matured. Matured means being filled with God. And your maturity is determined, uh, can be depicted in, in your speaking. Your words. How, see, when people are old and they speak, the things they talk about are different from when a, a, a boy speaks. Not just that, the speed with which they speak is different. Jacob was brought through the process of transformation to come to maturity where he was so filled with God. And watch this. He's, before he died, he was dying physically, physically frail, but spiritually intense. Physical frailty has set in, but he still had spiritual fervency. So the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 11, I think, be be fervent. Romans chapter 12, verse 11, he said, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit. Let's all say fervent in spirit. spirit. Say it louder, please. Christian work requires fervency in spirit. Anything that compromises your fervency in spirit is compromising your destiny in God. If it's compromising your fervency in the spirit, because fervency in the spirit is is a very prized possession. It can be your relationship with a friend, relationship with a colleague, relationship with a sibling. Some of us, our siblings are so dull and anti-God, anti-Christian, that every time they open their mouth, it's an attack. Your pursuit of God. But so as for me and my, my brother, we are still close, and your brother is killing your fervency. So the people who you associate with will have a definite impact on the fervency of your spirit. Jacob 
Before he was dying, he, he, he strengthened himself and he said in Genesis chapter 49, call my sons, let me speak to you what to befall you. Now listen. Genesis chapter 49 starts by verse 2 and verse 3. He said, Reuben, you are my firstborn, the excellency of. He said, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and excellency of power. That's what you are supposed to be. But unstable as water, you shall not excel. Oh, you shall not accept because you went into your father's bed and defiled it. Sexual immorality. And the other ones, the next, uh, Simeon and Levi, were instruments of cruelty. And then they followed by Judah, an instrument of, uh, he went to sleep with his own daughter-in-law. So these four were, as we will classify, sinners. They had bad records. So the the blessing of Jacob started with the sinners. So he starts with the sinner. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, the sinners. But then he ends with Joseph, Benjamin. So the prophecy of Jacob tells us God's program for fallen humanity. How he picks us from useless sinners and makes something glorious of us, the greatest of all blessings. So where you were when God found you is not the problem. He picks us from useless, aggressive sinners and begins to work on us towards a purpose. And so he started speaking to them, speaking to them, speaking to them. So watch this. This is very interesting. From, from what I've just described, the blessing and the, the issuing declarations of Jacob over his sons typify, reflects, or represents how God picks a fallen humanity and makes something out of them from one to the... It also represents, watch this, it also represents the... The story of the Israel nation. How um, Reuben and Benjamin, uh, so from Reuben to Benjamin, he told them, every one of you, so everything that happened in the Bible about the children of Israel is what the man described. God, this was, see, God was just looking for a people. So he called Abraham. He worked in him and continued in Isaac, worked in him, continued in Jacob, and then produced the twelve. And then he said, now that I've produced the 12, I've matured you as well, speaking to them. So he spoke to them and they became the people of God. So we, the New Testament people of God, have a representation in them. So what he spoke to them about is telling us about what God has spoken about us. That does that make sense? Because there were a totality and a representation of the people of God on earth. So on, in any generation, the people of God on earth, what he spoke about them is, is, is describing the people of God on earth. And so the New Testament church comes in, and we are the people of God on earth. So everything he spoke about them represents us as well. And so remember where you were picked from, where he started with you from, and where he's going to end with you from. And that's why I'm talking about the greatest of all blessings. Because Bible says, and with these blessings, Jacob blessed them. So Jacob, what he was prophesying was a blessing. But I told, can you imagine part of the blessing? You are, an unsta- you are as, as unstable as water. You shall not excel. That's part of the blessings. It was prophetic. But he, we, today we are focusing on the ending. Somewhere along the line, maybe if I get the time, I'll take God. I'll take Naphtali. Zebulon. I'll take all of them. Naphtali. Zebulon. Uh, 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 Asa. No, no, Asa. No, Asa. Sorry. Asha, no Asha, Isaka. I'll take all of them. Moses, do you know what happened? Moses too, when he was about to finish, he said in Genesis, sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 1. This is very interesting. Very interesting, brothers and sisters. Deuteronomy 33 verse 1, he says, Now this is the blessing which Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. Ah. 
So before Jacob died, he blessed the children of Israel. And Moses told them, the central figure in the Old Testament, before he died, he spoke about the children of Israel. He spoke into them. But I just want to focus on the ending of both blessings. So you will see the way Jacob ended his blessing is similar to what Moses also said about the ones who ended the blessing. And that's the greatest of all blessings. How many of you think that you like the greatest of all the blessings? Hallelujah. All right, so let's go to Genesis chapter 49. Genesis chapter 49, reading from verse 22. Pastor Joshua, read it for me. Genesis 49, 22. Joseph is a fruitful bow, a fruitful bow by a well. His branches run over the wall. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can, can, I, can, can I break this down? That's the blessing started with Joseph. Joseph said, Joseph is a fruitful bow, a fruitful uh, bow by a well. A bow, do you know what a bow is? It's a branch. It's a branch, like a branch of a tree. Joseph was blessed uh, with the blessing of fruitfulness. God blessed him, his dad blessed him with blessing of fruitfulness by a well. When you read other translations, the word translated well is also means fountain. So the fountain that's other translation is fountain. Oh, it's a fruitful vine. You see, it's a branch. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Actually, in, in, in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, it says that a branch of David, it says that there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out, uh, shall grow out of the roots. So uh, Jesus Christ is, see, the branch is capital B. Jesus Christ is the branch here. He's described by scriptures as branch. He's the branch of God, something that is coming out of God. All right. And then he comes into us and we become, so in John chapter 15, verse 1, I am the vine, ye are the branches. I'm the vine, I'm the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me, so we are branches in him, that does not bear, see, Joseph, fruitful, fruitful, fruitfulness. We, we, we are called, you are called as a Christian to be fruitful. Last time God, we were discussing at, at Bible studies this week, fruitfulness. A, a, a maturing believer is fruitful. We must be able to show, you must show your fruits. Signs of a believer that is not maturing is complaining. Everything they have something to say, I complain about something. Signs of someone who is growing in the Lord is there's less complaint and more fruitful. They are productive. They are making a difference. They are, they are being a blessing in the body of Christ, in the gathering of the believers. They, they, are, they are making a difference. Fruitfulness. He says that any branch that does not bear fruits, my father takes away. Every branch that bears uh, uh, fruits, he prunes that it may bear more fruits. He said the blessing starts with you being fruitful. Now, when we talk about fruitfulness, you are talking about something that is producing life life. God, God blesses life. Let's all say that together. In Genesis chapter 1, when God created the, I think in verse 22, um, yeah, I think Genesis 1, 22, somewhere there, and God blessed them. What did he bless? Who are them? No. He blessed them. Did you see that? So look, go to verse 21. Let me show you. You see who? So God created the great sea creatures and every, every what? Every what? I can't hear you. Every what? He created every living thing that moves, which is, uh, which the what, uh, with which the waters abounded according to their kinds and every winged bird according to his kinds. And God saw that it was good and God did what? And, and God blessed the living things. He didn't bless the inanimate things. He blessed the living things. And then when he blessed the living things, look at verse 28 as well. Verse 28. And God, this is talking about men. So the two things God blessed in his creation were the living things and men. So living things. God blesses life. There must be life. That's why I was talking about the blessing of the breast and the blessing of the womb. It takes the womb and the breast, the womb to, to incubate the life and produce life, and the breast to nourish life. Wow. Wow. You need some breast as a Christian. Hey, hey, hey. Jesus. Jesus. 
I'll show you. I want you. I will show you how everything, every, everything about God and the Bible is about life. The Bible is fundamentally not about theology. The Bible is fundamentally not about uh, uh, morals. The Bible is fundamentally not about ideology. The Bible is fundamentally about life, life. All the other things I've said also matter. But the key aspect of the Bible, read your Bible. It started with life. When he created man, he put them in the garden, and the tree of life was there. See how the Bible ends. Revelation chapter 21 and 22 is talking about, in fact, 21 says that, and there was this, I saw, chapter 21, 22. Revelation chapter 22, verse 1. He said, and he showed me a pure river of the water. Water of life. Water of life. Clear as crystal. Proceeding from the throne of God. This is about life. It says that, and in the middle of East Street, on either side of the river, was that tree of life. That's the ending of the Bible. Jesus comes and he said, I am the living bread. I'm the bread of life. Say, if you don't have me, you don't have life. He actually came, the, the, um, um, John 10, 10, for the, key, the thief comes not, but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, that he might have life. Why did he come? That we might have life. He said in John 6, 63, these words that I speak unto you, don't take them for granted. He said, they are spirits and they are life. God is about life. So when you read the Bible, it's not history. It's not history talking about, can you imagine, can you imagine? Time will not. Do you know how long Adam lived? Over 900 years. What did we know about Adam? How much did it tell us about Adam? How about the, it's not about biography. Adam, Noah, Adam, Abel, Enoch, Noah. These are the key people. And it's not even that. It's not about their biography. It's, a, it's, it's about the, the working of God, the purpose of God. So God's, uh, let me use it, theography, theography. It's, the Bible only records the the journey of life. Are, are, you, are you getting what I'm saying? So this whole thing is about life. Say life. Life. Shall life. Life. So he says that when it comes to blessing, when he came and he started blessing Joseph, he said, Genesis chapter um, 49, verse 22, he said that Joseph is a fruitful bowl. May God make you a fruitful bowl. But look at this. It's a fruitful bowl by a well. The well, I told you, is fountain. So it's a branch that is planted by the fountain. Who is there? That God is the fountain, the source of life as a fountain. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 13. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 13. Can you read it out loud from the screen? Let's go, let's go. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. The fountain of living. Let's leave it there. Therefore, God said, I am the fountain of living water. Psalm 36 verse 9. He said, with you is the fountain of life. He says that, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. So, God, when we talk about Joseph is a fruitful branch by the fountain, he's talking about his fruitfulness stems out from his connection to God. You can't be any useful to the, the church of God without a strong connection to God. You can go to Bible school and still be extremely useless in the body of Christ. Someone hasn't been to Bible school but has so strong connection by the Spirit with God. Walking with God, he, God finds them so useful. Bible school will just expose your mind to certain information. So many people go to churches trying to gather information. But what we need is revelation. So, fruitful vine by the well. Oh, you want to hear the next point? Look at it. Look at it. Put it on the screen. Look at what follows. It says, his branches run over the wall. You have to be able to, a, a branch, your branch must spread over the wall. Spread over the wall. Opposition will come. Yes. It, who told you? Nobody told me that the road will be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far. To, it will not be an easy road. You will have obstacles in your attempt to spread Christ. 
your attempt to be fruitful, I'm not talking about get money and those things. I'm talking about you being fruitful in Christ. Let's, 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 not, let's not mix the two. So this song, most of, nobody tell me. It's all about your comfort and the things that you will get. Now look, I'm not getting anything. The things are hard for me. Hey, 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 hey. Can you for once put a pause on what you are trying to get and put your focus on what he's trying to get through your life? <laughs> through your life. Molding the Christians. We, it's all about what must be done for us by God. God, don't you see I'm suffering? And so unbelievers have jumped on the back of that and saying, if there is God, why are people suffering? Just trying to spin God around human needs. So it's so important you understand that Christ has an assignment with your life. He wants you to be fruitful. But there will be obstacles. But you have to be like the Philippian, uh, Paul in Philippians. Philippians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. Philippians chapter 1, it says that, For I know that the, this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the supplication of the, uh, the, 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 supplica- the, 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 the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Go to the next verse. It's the 20 I'm looking for. 20 I'm looking for. According to my earnest expectation and the hope that, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. Say, in nothing I shall be ashamed. In nothing I shall be ashamed. Say it again. In nothing I shall be but with all boldness, as always, so now also in Christ, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body. Whether you can't stop us, you can't stop. Look at chapter um, four, verse thirteen. I can do all things through Christ with strength. I can't do it. Obstacles cannot stop me. I can't do it. We have to spread across the wall, branch over the wall. Amen. In, 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 in um, Philemon, Philemon verse 10, Philemon or Philemon verse 10, it says that, can you imagine, the guy was in prison, but he was still producing fruits. Can you tap somebody on the shoulder and tell the person, be fruitful, be fruitful, be fruitful. Be fruitful. Philemon verse 10. I appeal to you for my son Onismos. Say, my son Onismos. Oh, say, that's, that's not Paul's biological son, son in the spirit. Say, my son Onismos. My son Onismos. But how did you get that son? Whom I have begotten whilst I'm in prison. Wow. I am in prison and I'm still giving birth. Wow. <laughs> People who I met in my state of imprisonment for preaching Christ have actually begotten them and they are now powerful preachers. And he said, I'm sending it to you. Please receive him for me. He's my son. In prison. Branch over the wall. Branch over the wall. Branch over the wall. Give birth in prison. Things are hard. Produce in prison. That tells us what substance we are made up of. Watch this. Life goes before the blessing. God puts his blessing where life is. So you, 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 you want to command the, the blessing of God? Be fruitful. Be fruitful. The blessings of the breast and the womb. I'm saying quite some interesting things, isn't it? This generation has reduced Christianity to what Christ didn't die for. Social clubbing, what Christ didn't die for. He died. You see the, the greatest of all blessings. Why did he have to die? So we'll be blessed, yes. So how was this greatest of the blessings? Genesis chapter 49, verse 23. The archers have bitterly grieved him. Who is he talking about? Joseph. Huh? Joseph. That's, he said the archers, uh, the archers have bitterly grieved. Did they do that to him? His brothers, they grieved the guy. They bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. The reference is in Genesis chapter 37, verse 18 to 31. They, they said that, here comes the dreamer. Let's, 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 let's kill him and let's see what will become of his dream. The arches. He came to come and look for their look out for their interest. When he was coming to look out for their interest, they were planning for his demise. Mm-hmm. 
They saw him coming. They said, this guy, we'll see what to do to him. The archers have, you know, there always you have some archers. One of the things as I found out as a pastor is archers like church. <laughs> archers. Archers like church. Archers like church. What do I mean by that? There are people who are in church and their target is to throw stones. And they start with pastors. Listen, when you hear any evil thing about any pastor or any man of God, check, it started concocting from within his own camp. Any fallen man of God fell because of the archers around him. Never be an archer. Any, any church that has contention and things go wrong, it starts from inside. The attacks from outside can effectively affect the church. Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Satan cannot resist you. It is the archers from within. Tell someone, don't be an archer. Cruelty, they are archers in the church. But they, Satan needs them. Now, anybody at all can be an archer. Why? Because everyone has got the flesh. So Satan, your flesh, is the, the hiding place of Satan. If you do not be fervent in the spirit, by the time you realize you have become a comfortable and effective archer. So today, you can be Benjamin, a wonderful branch. But if you don't stay fervent in the spirit, you can be a very effective, dangerous archer in our system. There are people we lay hands on and bless them. They were crying that since I met you, my life, oh, oh my life, my life. Testimony upon testimony on our puppets. And they, later on, after their life finished changing, they said, give me the bow and let me just. So that's what many pastors suffer. Pastors suffer in the hands of archers. They have put a lot of pastors out of ministry. Some pastors have lost their ministry because of pain and bitterness. Yeah. Of people they believe they helped and sacrificed everything for. When they had their foot to the tent and they shot them. And then the pastor is now walking. But you need it. Don't worry. The pastor is now walking with a broken limb. And he's now lost interest in ministry. And when he says, tell me, I won't die for anybody. I don't care about anybody. It's, a, it's because of some archers. Archers have hit him. Archer. Ask somebody, are you an archer? <laughs> All right. Genesis chapter 49, verse 24. But his bow remained in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong. Strength. God strengthened him. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, he said, Be strong in the grace of God. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I, 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 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can only go in the strength of God. If you don't go in the strength of God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So they attacked him, but God strengthened him. They attacked him, but God strengthened him. So listen, what Joseph was able to go through and was still standing, it was because God strengthened him. Listen, you can't stand when your enemies execute what they have against you. You, you won't be able to stand. So the fact that you stood, it means that actually God helped you. God helped you. And in Acts 26, I think verse 22 or so, it said, and having obtained help from God till this day, I stand. Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand. God will help you to stand. In spite of what your boss is trying to do against you. But his bow remained in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong mm -hmm. by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. For there is, a, for there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel, mm -hmm. 
by the God of your father who will help you. Now, listen to this. That's, that's where he began to declare more of the blessings. So he spoke about what he's been through. He knows his, he knew his condition. And he says that by the God of your father who will help you and by the almighty who will bless you with blessings. Watch this. Now I'm talking about, look at the kind of blessings he's talking about. With the blessings of heaven above. Uh -huh. The next one. Uh -huh. The Almighty God who will bless you with the blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breasts and of the womb. Blessings of the breast. May the blessings of the breast come upon your life. May the blessings of is talking about blessing of nourishment. What nourishes life? What gives birth to life? So it's not that you are you, you start something good and it dies out. The blessings of the breast, it will nourish the thing to prosper. You 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 got married and your marriage is working. That's the blessings of the breast. You start a job and the job is prospering. That's the blessings of the breast. You join a ministry and the ministry is doing well. That's the blessings of the breast. And of the womb. Things you go, you join a department, something hasn't started. God impress an idea. You start something. The blessings from on high and the blessings below. So from heaven to earth. Okay? Physical blessing, the blessing of all space. The blessing of all space, anything that occupies space. He said, that blessing be given you. As though that was not enough, go to the verse 26. The blessings of your father have excelled the blessings of my ancestors. Up to the uttermost bounds of the everlasting hills. So now he had to go back into ancestry, into ancestors, the blessings from there, and all the way to the everlasting life, the blessings, that's the blessing of all times. Wow. Wow. So he blessed him with the blessing of all space and the blessing of all times, both before and after. The blessing of all times. Remember, he didn't start blessing them he said, he started blessing that you are a thief. You are an adulterer. But look at how he's ending with them. The blessing of all time. So the blessing of all times, the blessing of uh, um, um, all space. Look at Moses' version of the blessing. In Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 13 to 16. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 13 to 16. And of Joseph, he said, that's Moses talking. Blessed of the Lord is his land with the precious things of heaven, with the dew and the deep line beneath. The deep line beneath. Go to the next verse. With the precious fruits of the sun, with the precious, uh, with the precious produce of the month's time. Go down. With the best things of the ancient. Ancient mountains with the precious things of the everlasting hills. This is Moses. This, this, Moses, when he was blessing the children, this is God passing through men talking. Wow. Blessing of all time, blessings of all space. Do you know how you call it? The, the eternal blessing. Wow. Eternal blessing means every time, every space, eternal blessing. They blessed him with the eternal blessing. God, I submit to you, God is the God of eternal blessings. Wow. There are people here who are about to have a glimpse of eternal blessings in your family. As has never happened before in your family, a glimpse of eternal blessings, a portion of the eternal blessings upon your life. I see it happening to you in the name of Jesus. Shout amen. Blessings. So it has, it, now we have heard about the eternal blessing, but that wasn't all. Because it's going, the ulti, what's the ultimate in all this? What's the, let's see how Moses finished it. 
with the, with the precious things of the earth and its fullness and favor of him that do. Now, um, give me King James, please. I want the favor bit. Dwells, uh, uh, okay. And for the good will, it's not really favor. The original says, the good will of him that dwells in the bush. Hey, who is this person who dwells in the bush? He said, may God bless you with the good will. Of, listen, I don't know how many of you have been in the bush before. When you are in the bush, what will be your will? Your good will. Get out safely into a, a proper place. Is that not so? Anyone who is hiding the bushes, your good will is that I need to be out of here and find a proper dwelling. I need to be here. I'm looking for a proper dwelling. The good will of the one who is in the bush. <laughs> who is speaking this blessing? Who is speaking this blessing? Do you know what I mean? Who is doing the declaration? Do you know how he met God? Do you know how Moses met God? Exodus chapter 3 verse 2. It says that, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in the in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Why was God hiding in a bush? Because he didn't have a place yet. Wow. God did not have a place on earth yet. Some of you will get it. Some of you will get it. That's when he was calling Moses. And you know when he called Moses, after they've been to Egypt and they've been struggling in Egypt, they didn't have any place. So he said, Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they can worship me. And as soon as they came out of, the, of Egypt, Exodus 25 verse 1, he says that, and the Lord said to Moses, tell the people of Israel, tell them to bring me an offering. Exodus 25, read it. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel. That they bring me an offering. That they do what? They bring me an offering. What's wrong if we ask you to bring offering? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I said, bring, bring, bring. He said, tell that, not me. Tell them to bring me an offering. Those of you who have problems with giving offering in church, Satan is deceiving you. Yes. Satan, Satan. How can you say that? I just said it. <laughs> God said, but God created everything. If he wants tabernacle, why don't he do, do, do And the tabernacle comes. Do you know how he created the world? And God said, let there be, and there was. So if he needs tabernacle, why doesn't he say tabernacle be? If he's looking for a place to be hiding or to be resting, why doesn't he make it himself? Why must it be the responsibility of the people of God? Because his plan is to dwell amongst them. The ultimate blessing. God's plan is to dwell amongst us. So as soon as they came out of Egypt, when God was coming to Moses, he tried to get the attention because the actual Hebrew word translated burning bush is not just burning bush. It, it, it's not just bush. It is thorn bush, thorn bush. Thorns. When he cursed Adam, he said, tongues of the, of the earth, the thorn bush. But why must God appear to Moses in a bush? Where, where is he going to be? Where else? At that time, if you are looking for God, where are you going to go? Where, where are you going to go? So God wanted to meet Moses, and so he was in the bush. And he said, may God bless you with the goodwill of the one in the bush. He was, what was his goodwill? Because the goodwill of God was to look for a place, a permanent dwelling place. Never forget this, that God's ultimate plan is to dwell with his people. All this thing we are doing, church and all, the, everything, it all culminates and crystallizes in God dwelling permanently with us. He appears to Moses and he said, when he appears to Moses from the bush, he said, go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go so that they can worship me. How? And then as soon as they came and they had the freedom, do you know what he told them? Genesis, uh, Exodus 25, verse, verse 1, tell them to bring me an offering. Verse 8, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell. You see, the goodwill of the one in the bush, the goodwill of the man in the bush, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell, I may dwell amongst them. But God, why don't you all do your own sanctuary? <sighs> and the sanctuary appears. He's not a genie. God doesn't operate like that. The reason why he delivered his people and got them to church is so that he can tell them, bring me an offering. 
to create a space for the, the two of us. Oh, but now we are in the New Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've not been around to understand what I'm teaching. If you want to understand the church's operation, uh, modus operandum. So watch this, watch this, please. He said, let them make me a, t- a, a, a tabernacle that I might dwell amongst them. Please, if there's anything you miss, it shouldn't be this. God's ultimate agenda is to dwell with his people. Now, when their actual blessings was flowing, he picked them from sinners. He began to work on them, and he began to bless them with fruitfulness. Bless them with the blessing of the breast. Bless them with the blessing of the womb. And as he was blessing them, and he said, then the goodwill of him that dwells in the bush, may God give it to you. And the goodwill of him that dwells in the bush. Let the blessing come upon the head of of Joseph, and upon the top of the head of him that was separated. Say separated. Say separated. Say ladder. Say separated. The Hebrew word translated separated sounds something like nazin. N-A-Z-I-N-E. Nazin. And that is the word you, what you get Nazarite from. So in some other time, other place, they don't, they don't translate it separate. They translate it as Nazarite. So Nazarite is someone who, according to Numbers chapter 6, I think Numbers chapter 2, verse 6, verse 2. Let's see. I, I hope I got it right. Numbers chapter 6, verse 2. Numbers 6, verse 2. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, when either a woman or a man shall separate, when you separate themselves to vow a vow of the Nazarite. You see? To separate themselves unto the... So a Nazarite is someone who has been separated from normal human living unto God's purpose. And he's speaking... Now he's speaking about because Joseph has lived a Nazarite life. Let the blessing of the Nazarite come upon him. Listen, when you are called, you are called to be a Nazarite to a certain degree. You can no more live the normal life. You can no more live the normal life everybody's living. Some of us, last night is likely to be the last time you went to nightclub. Or the last time you went will be is likely to be the last time you went. Because suddenly you understand the demands of a Nazarite life. You have not been called to live an ordinary life. We have been called to live as Nazarites. So let me finish this. He said, the blessing of the Nazarite. Let's all say the blessing of the Nazarite. The blessing of the Nazarite. Because Joseph has separated himself from his brethren. Do you see that? Separate yourself from your brethren. Your own brothers. But you must be separate. You must be separate. You are a Nazarite. So he, he now finishes the blessing he gave him by talking more about the Nazarites and the blessing of the bush. This leads me into the major next topic, which I'll be talking about, about heaven. Where is heaven? What's the difference between heaven and New Jerusalem? Because the people of old, they were always looking for a place. Moses, Abraham, Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10, that he sought a city which had foundation, whose builder was God. Verse 16 of Hebrews chapter 11 says that they all died in hope, expecting a certain city. The, the elders, verse, verse 16 said that, but now they, they desired a better country that is a heavenly, where, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. They were expecting a certain city. When we talk about heaven, I know what comes into most of us, our minds. We are thinking of our mansions. Mansions. One day I heard a certain senior minister years ago, this is about 10 years ago, certain senior minister preaching. He said, man, I can't wait to go to heaven. I'll be driving my Rolls Royce <laughs> on the streets of gold. You see, you see, the materialism, we are taking it to heaven too. <laughs> Some people are so crazy, crazy to expect that when they get to heaven, they are going to have virgins to marry. Let me tell you. Do you know why people think like that? Listen, why people think it's because of sexual desire. Oh. It's only sexual desire that will want to, want to make you want more than one woman. 
is about, it's not about having money. Heaven is not about having mansions. I know the scriptures. In my father's house, there are many mansions. Read your Bible within the text. John chapter 14, verse 2. He said, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in me, my father. Believe also in me, verse 2. For in my father's house are many mansions. So that's what has been misleading us. Thinking that you are going to heaven to go and live in mansions. That word translated mansions, um, if you use other translations, in fact, Amplify, will, will, I'm, like, I'm sure Amplify will tell you. There, there are many dwelling places. He that, he that dwells in the bush is looking for some. I said, there are dwelling places in. So we are the house of God. And there are many, many dwelling places. That's why he had to go and die, go to the cross. And when he resurrected as a spirit, he, we, we became his dwelling place. And so when you read verse 23, verse 23 of the same chapter, the same chapter, verse 23 says that Jesus answered and said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home. Now, we grow up eh, hearing, I want to go to heaven. I want to go to, for what? God is also waiting to come on earth. <laughs> God created human beings, not because he wants. He said, let your will be done on earth. Heaven has not got the problem. It's the earth. He's taking you to heaven for what? Ah, are you saying we are not going to heaven? I didn't say that. The truth is, what I'm trying to tell you is, the heaven that you have in mind is not the heaven God has prepared. The heaven that makes you think you are going to be having sex, or that makes you think you are going to be driving cars. What do you need a car for in heaven? Ah, but okay, but, but, but Bible says there are streets of gold. There are streets of gold, so we need cars on streets. <laughs> and I'm going to show you that heaven is different from the new, the new Jerusalem. And I'm going to show you the ultimate of the blessings of God. The greatest of all the blessings is for us to be his dwelling, he be our dwelling. Mm. That, that, that's way. So God is, is preparing us so that when everything is ended, that's how it ended. That the one who dwells in the bush, the blessing, the, the goodwill of the one who dwells in the bush. God bless you. And then when you read Jacob's blessing to his sons, Benjamin was the last. And listen to what he spoke to Benjamin about. And Moses spoke to Benjamin and said, Benjamin, you will be the place I'm dwelling. Of Benjamin, he said, the beloved of the Lord shall dwell in, in safety by him. Who shelters him all the days long? And he shall dwell between his, God will dwell between his shoulders. And I, someone, I thought Jerusalem was in the city of Judah, was in, in Judah. Jerusalem was not in Judah. Jerusalem is in Benjamin. That's the dwelling of God. We are going to talk about the heavenly Jerusalem. The dwell, that's the last one. That's the last one. Talking about the dwelling of God. God will dwell in between your shoulders. Dwelling with you. The ultimate of blessings. Listen, the ultimate blessing is your you staying. Hey! The Christian brother, listen to me. The Christian ultimate blessing, the greatest of Christian blessings, is that you will dwell in God, God will dwell in you, you in Him, and you enjoy His presence. Amen. That's what the blessing is fundamentally about. So that everywhere you find yourself, as long as you are dwelling in his presence, you are enjoying his presence, you are enjoying him. That's why the church is that God, the house of God, that God can be amongst us. We are also saying, God, that I will need a house, I will need a this. God said, I just want to be amongst you. When I'm amongst you, I will do my own thing. If I need to bring a car to do my own thing, I'll bring it. Yeah. If I need to give you a promotion to do my own thing, I'll do it. Yeah. But your promotion, what is it, what honor is it bringing God? You are looking for a promotion in, at your job place. Meanwhile, you ain't been talking to anybody about Jesus. How is that going to build the body of Christ? Why have we hijacked God for our own whims? 
It's not us. It's the messengers who have been handling the Bible. <laughs> we have been taught wrong things about God. We have been taught. It doesn't, doesn't mean God doesn't give it a God does, of course. But why will he give it to you? Because of his purpose, not because of your crying. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord and according to his purpose. So God knows it's not it's just not there and someone is in need, he'll just do it for you. Someone needs to just do it for you. No. Okay, so are you trying to say, so why does God use people to do miracles and God uses you to heal people? Because God is in our midst and he has sometimes his love, for, because of his love for humanity, he has ordained some people to be a blessing to help people. But that's not God's ultimate. There are people who, who said, in sick, Paul said, a tongue was given to me in my flesh. People who are sick, but yet serving God joyfully. Sick, in pain, but serving God. In hospital and preaching and winning souls. In prison and giving birth. How can you reconcile the definition of a modern day blessing to being in prison? How can the two reconcile? Look at what happened to Joseph. He was sold, but blessed. He was in Potiphar's house, but blessed. He was framed, but blessed. He was lied upon, but blessed. He was falsely imprisoned, but blessed. He stayed in prison for so long, but blessed. Until the day God said, now it's time for me to bring the people of Israel to Egypt. So, so he was like a puppet for God. Wow. That's the blessing. That, and that's the blessing. That is the blessing. That's the, that God can inhabit you. Sister, you are too fine. For Satan to distract you with your personal interests. That's all there is to use your personal interests. Brother, you are too fine. God wants to use you to produce fruits. I see God doing that with you. I bless you with the ultimate blessing of God. That your life shall be the habitation of God. That you will be a vessel to accommodate and, 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 and keep God. And enjoy the presence of God in the mighty name of Jesus. I bless you. Anything in your life that is blocking you from fervency in the spirit. That is afflicting your physical body. Afflicting you in any way. Your soul, spirit and body. I afflict that thing back in the name of Jesus. And I speak over your life the blessing of God. I speak over your life, the ultimate blessing of God. Be blessed. In the name of Jesus, so shall it be. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at carries.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.